the four o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. So we had a lot of questions going into yesterday's press conference about Josh McDaniels. First and foremost, you know, Dave Ziegler's more of an unknown we know from news over the years, I mean, McDaniels had a job before with the Broncos. It did not work out, and he got smashed for it by a lot of people, and he still gets skewered in Denver. He had the thing with the Colts, right? He said, he said, where he dropped out after taking the job. So anyone in this market or Raiders fan anywhere around the country who's like, really? This is the guy you want? There's some questions, and I – I appreciate yesterday that, first of all, you guys were asking the questions, but I appreciate that Josh McDaniels was willing to talk about Denver because I think it would have been a really bad sign, you know, if he kind of turtled up and went Belichick. Because that's, that, that's the other thing. If there's any Belichickian treatment of fans and media, I, I don't think this gets off to a good start. Like, you can't be Little Bill. Right? You don't have the equity. This ain't the market for it. Now, if you're – I almost said 14 and 2. 14 and 3 every year? Then maybe you can build to that. Yeah. But you're not. And you weren't in Denver. So he talked about Denver at length yesterday, and I thought what he had to say was pretty interesting. When I went to Denver, um, you know, I, I, I knew a little bit of football. I didn't, I didn't really know people uh, and how important that aspect of this process and maintaining the culture and building the team uh, was. And um, and I and I failed, and I didn't. You know, I didn't succeed at it. Do you think this is just a guess? Do you think he was made comfortable to say that because that was actually addressed in the interview? Maybe, but but I think it's also it's part of it's part of his. I'll, I'll call it a sales pitch, even though that's not really what it is. But it is right. part of his of his pitch now of you know what happened in Denver happened. He was very young. Yeah. Um, it was a long time ago, and I think showed some form of maturity. Now, I, I, I don't, you can't say it's going to work out necessarily. We don't know that. We're no. going to see the results on the field. But he showed some sort of maturity of he did have some offers right after that, and he's like, no, not yet, not yet. And I think it was two things. One, it was he wants everything to be in the right – he wants everything to be set up right. Your, your second chance has to be perfect. But also, I think he wanted to learn more, and I think he, he yeah. understood that he needed, needed to learn more. And – one of the big things that went wrong, we've talked about some of the personality conflicts, and I know uh, I really liked a lot of what Nate Crackman said with us last week about, like, he didn't. He came into this situation where everybody wanted him to make every decision. And they wanted like, him to be Mike Shanahan because yeah, Shanahan I, controlled everything. So Pat Bowen's like, here, kid, be Mike Shanahan and make every decision. Yeah, like, and, and as McDaniels kind of said, like, yeah, I, I, I kind of knew about football. I didn't know that they were going to come and say, hey, what color tile do you want in the bathroom? Like, what is that? And he rubbed people the wrong way because he wasn't, he wasn't ready for that and so I think the maturity showed and then going into one of the biggest issues just from a logistics standpoint in Denver was he was trying to run everything like Bill Belichick does wanted to be the general manager and do everything else and he made some questionable personnel decisions right away that really cost them and didn't handle it well coming out of that and then he went to Indianapolis and he accepted the job and after he accepted the job started learning 
well, you're not going to be able to have any say in this or this or this. And actually, this is how we run things here. And he said he wanted he wanted a structure that he was more. He didn't say this on the record. This is kind of reporting from that, that he wanted something that was more structured that he was comfortable with. And he wanted everything to be kind of perfect to go into a job. And then there's listen, doesn't mean you're going to succeed. But there's really no excuses coming out of it. If it doesn't go well, you've got the general manager you want to work with, a guy that you're a college teammate with that you've been friends with forever. You've got him in place. He's going to make those personnel decisions, handle that side of the business. You're just going to go out and coach football and then have your input on the personnel side. Like, this is a structure that Josh McDaniels is very comfortable with. It's what he's wanted. And now he's got his chance to do it. Now, again, that doesn't guarantee you're going to succeed. I'm not advocating that, hey, this is a slam dunk hire. They're going to, they're going to win two Super Bowls now. Nobody knows that. But I think you could be comfortable with the fact that you brought in a coach who is in a much better position and has acknowledged, because one of the things he said yesterday was it's important to learn, like to, to, it's important to make mistakes that you can learn from and not just, you know, be uh, stubborn and be like, I can, I'll, I'll still do it this way. I can still make it happen. Like you have to learn from mistakes. And he insists that he has. And I think acknowledging it is a big step. Looking at that experience has been one of the best things in my life in terms of my overall growth as a, as a person, as a coach. What do I need to do different? How do I need to handle my role if I have another opportunity and do better at it? I feel like that's really a, an area that I've tried to grow in with our staff um, in New England. You know, our offensive staff working together, collaborating, supporting one another, uh, impacting them, serving them, helping them grow as coaches, as players. That's the biggest, I would say that's the biggest area for me. Uh, and I know how important it is as a head coach to be able to do that. Good deal. So speaking on failures of the past and how he needs to improve, so that's a good sign. We'll see if it works. Yeah. It, it is funny, though. I will tell you, over the last couple of days, Raider Nation is really weird, especially with the bloggers and then some of the super fans, how they will they'll slowly buy into things to the point where they're going to defend it to the death. And I saw so many people were like, you know, what does it matter what he did in Denver? What does it matter? <laughs> like, your resume doesn't matter? And then people are, are, are fighting over, um, like, they don't even know what happened in Denver. Like, you know, and then when they find out, like, he ran the two drafts and they were disastrous in some ways. They picked Demarius Thomas. That was a good pick. But he also chose Tim Tebow, right? But it was disastrous. He was in over his head. And then well, immediate, immediately people are like, he's not going to make any of the picks here. I'm like, he's going to have input. And I, I know Dave Ziegler said he's got final say, but Josh McDaniels will be involved in the draft. So let's not be ridiculous, you know, in trying to defend the hire and be fired up about it where you're, you know, you're so trying to shield it. Like, th this is still an open discussion about the hire and how it's going to go. Yeah, and I, I think, to be clear, even looking back, it was even more than picking the wrong quarterback or making the wrong it – was, it was almost like a, a spoiled brat thing of he wanted Matt Castle, didn't happen, weren't able to work it out, and he's like, then get Cutler out and give me a draft. Like, that, that's immaturity. And I think that, that's kind of, while, while Josh McDaniels didn't, address, didn't directly address that, I think that's part of what he's talking about of he didn't, he didn't get the bigger picture in a lot of things, and, right. and he allowed those things to impact his decision-making and his thought process and his attitude. And uh, uh, Listen, it's one meeting, and I'll, I'll, he, he, you can lose – you can lose in a press conference and right. be a disaster. Right. You can't win games coming out of there. You can't, you know, set this grand this grand stage for all this success. But you can be a disaster. He wasn't a disaster yesterday at all. He was. He said everything you wanted, you wanted him to say. Said all the right things. Was you know, courteous and 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 you know, 
forthcoming with the, with all with all of his answers and in his you know talking both on the stage and afterwards just in some one on one settings. So um, I, I I thought it went well. We're live at the Thomas and Max seven thirty tip. Reno's in town to take on your running rebels. Big tailgate, free tailgate, especially for the students. Free student tickets, free food, free shirt for the game. Also a chance to win Raisin Canes, which uh, they have free Raisin Canes at the tailgate for the general public. There's going to be a bunch of food trucks uh, right out in front of the Thomas and Mac. Cheap tickets as well, so take advantage of it. Jump online right now, UNLVTickets.com, or come on down for the game. This is always a super entertaining game, and you know the Runner Rebels need to start kind of reestablishing themselves and you know get back at least even in this rivalry before they start to pull ahead. So it begins tonight. They've got momentum. Reno's coming in. Probably very angry based on what, you know, the, the way they played the other night. And Steve Alford said it was one of the worst uh, coach games he's ever seen from his players. So intense game tonight as Reno's in town to take on UNLV. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. He made you develop in every area as a as a professional in this environment and gave us the opportunity to see the scouting side, gave us the opportunity to work on, de- I had the opportunity to work on defense then flipped me over to the offensive side and, and had me coach the quarterback and, and kind of, I saw the game, you know, in a lot of different perspectives. Raider Nation, let's go, let's go. Raider Nation, let's go, let's go. Raider Nation. Rolling on here, Thomas and Mac. We go to six o'clock, tip for UNLV and Reno is seven, running Rebel warm-up. 7 o'clock with John and Curtis. That was Josh McDaniels on the way back talking about some of the stuff he learned over the years from one Bill Belichick. He's the new Raiders head coach. Miles Simmons was on the beat. He's now uh, doing national stuff for Pro Football Talk. Miles, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing very well today, gentlemen. How are you? Adam Hill, nice to talk to you for the first time in weeks. I'm a very busy guy, Miles. Well, I know. No, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I don't mean that in a you know derogatory way. I, I just mean it's nice to talk to you, you know, I... You're, you're my I, friend. I, well, you know? I'll, I'll see you soon. I'll be in L.A. on Monday morning. Yes. It'll be exciting. Uh, first off, I, I know you had a reaction to this. Uh, Derek Carr, top five quarterback? That came out of the press conference. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I don't really have anything to say other than that. <laughs> that, was a little, that might be too much laughing. I mean, come on, man. Like, he's not. He's just not, you know, and like, I know that Brady retired today, but like, if you want to go with like top five quarterbacks, here are five off the top of my head in no particular order. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I would put Joe Burrow in that tier right now, especially because they're now going to uh, the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert is emerging in that class. Um, let's named, say wait, you've uh, named two Lamar in the division. Jackson. I know, I know, right? Like Lamar Jackson, like all these different dudes that I would put ahead of Derek Carr. And that's not to say that Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback because he's not. But like, I'm not, I'm not even here to, I'm not here to entertain the possibility that Derek Carr's a top five quarterback. Let, let, next question. I do, I do want to get your thoughts on uh, on the McDaniel's press conference uh, in a little bit. But obviously, the big news of the day, the Brian Flores lawsuit. This is massive. There's so much to unpack here, but. I'll just ask, what what was your biggest takeaway? What what raised your eyebrows? There was, I mean, I'm still caught up on the Belichick text messages and how many uh, exclamation marks he uses. But what is what was your biggest takeaway? 
Well, yeah, and I'm certainly here to find the funny in, in things, and, like, that, to me, was, like, the first... Because the, the text messages are on the first page of the lawsuit, and I went through and I read all 50 pages because I guess I didn't really have anything else better to do this afternoon. But, like, that is the first thing that stands out. It's like, wait a minute, is this really Bill Belichick's text message? Because I would not expect that Bill Belichick would use that many uh, exclamation points in any text message ever. Um, but I, I think... You know, the allegations are pretty serious, right? And, and not just from a discriminatory standpoint, but also when you look at what Brian Flores is accusing Stephen Ross of doing, it is legitimately tanking. It is interrupting the integrity of the game, right? Where he alleges that Stephen Ross offered him one thousand, excuse me, a hundred thousand dollars for each loss in 2019 in order to better uh, position the Dolphins for the 2020 draft. That is some serious stuff. And if the NFL investigates it and it proves to be true, I'm not really sure how Steven Ross can continue to own an NFL franchise. And I realize I, I, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic when I say that. Like, I, I really, really mean that. Like, that is something that really, really affects the integrity of the game. And it's not something that I can kind of see the NFL standing for. And the other 31 owners or 30 plus Green Bay, if you want to call it that, right? standing for something like that where you have the integrity of the game um, in, in such a negative light. Um, but also, I mean, there's just so much in that lawsuit that really, really points out just how bad the NFL's hiring practices are. And I really shouldn't say the NFL. The, the, it's the teams of the NFL, right? The 32 teams hiring practices when it comes to head coaches. Um, it, you, you see it black and white, you know, it's clear as day and it's laid out in a very, very factual way. And I think a very effective way in that lawsuit. And this is the thing that the NFL never really wanted to have happen. Actual litigation, because this is probably the only way to force the NFL into making some real and substantive changes. Um, I, I was going to uh, follow up on that, but I do want to point out, you might not have seen this because no national people have seen have written it, I think, but a local reporter in Michigan says that Minnesota has agreed to hire a new coach, and guess what? It's a white. Oh, well, yes. Uh, actually, I did just get a text message on my work group chain that uh, report that Vikings will hire Jim Harbaugh uh, out of Michigan, which how does that make you feel as a as – a, uh one of those fans of that team up north, as we like to say in Ohio. Yeah. I was hoping it would be the Raiders, but it wasn't. Right before signing day, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, wow. he, he scheduled an interview with the Vikings on signing on day. On signing yep. day. Yep. That, if, that was a pretty clear indication as any that, like, he's like, peace out, guys. Who do you think? I mean, now, this is interesting, too, and I know that this is your show and it's not my show, but I'm, you know, a host, and so I like to ask questions. Like, what do you think – would be a good replacement for Harbaugh because, like, the first person that comes to my mind is Matt Rule in Carolina. That's the name I've been hearing, which makes, right? makes very intriguing what would happen there. Yeah, but I, I, and I feel like, you know, that guy is about a lame duck coach as there is in the NFL right now because unless you get a quarterback – like even and even if you do, look, Ben McAdoo is one of the least inspiring offensive coordinator hires I've ever heard of. And frankly, in this coaching cycle where there still are you know pretty good candidates out there, it makes a lot of sense to me that Ben McAdoo is probably the best that they could do because you're you're looking at basically a lame duck season. And I went through something like that when I was covering the Rams and with Jeff Fisher, right, going into that 2016 season, they basically couldn't hire anybody 
uh, to, you know, replace the fired Frank Signetti. And then they also had Rob Boris on staff who had taken over. And Rob Boris is a tight ends coach. And he's a good tight ends coach, but he was woefully underqualified to be an offensive coordinator that takes over for a number one overall pick in Jared Goff. So all of these things are very interesting. And there could be like a ton of implications for Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan and going to, uh, to the Vikings. That's crazy. For both of you guys, but first for Adam and Miles Simmons is with us from Pro Football Talk. Adam, what happened with the Raiders and Harbaugh? I mean, it sounds like the interest was mostly on Harbaugh's side. Really? Yeah. So there was – I mean, what do, you, what do you know about this, Miles? Because I figured as this was developing, you know, you see the Raiders, nothing happens with Harbaugh, that maybe they had some combos with Harbaugh and Harbaugh wanted too much control and they, they were going for this kind of split, you know, GM-coach relationship in terms of – you know, who gets to make the meal? What do you think happened? Well, I, I think Adam's onto something. I mean, from everything that we've heard at PFT, it, it sort of sounds like that. That you know, there may have been interest in Harbaugh going from uh, Michigan to the NFL, and they felt like at least Harbaugh's camp might have felt like you know they could really drum up some interest in terms of getting to Las Vegas and things like that. But, you know, what's interesting, too, is that it just seemed like that that interest never really got that far off the ground. Um, and whether it was Mark Davis, you know, listening to candidates early on in the search and just feeling like, you know, well, Ziegler's maybe the right guy for the job. And, you know, we got all those things yesterday that uh, said that, you know, well, when Ziegler's like, you know, Josh McDaniels would be one of my coaches, Mark Davis like, well, I don't even know if he's available. And it's like, well, he would be if I come. So now we see that that's happened, and it looks like, at least at first glance, like that's a good partnership for the Raiders to start with. But, yeah, it just it seems like that traction with Harbaugh never really got very far. Miles, who would you hire if you were on the Raiders? Is it Harbaugh or is it McDaniels? Um, all right. I, okay. I, I probably would have gone with Harbaugh just because you have that track record of success in the NFL. Uh, I mean, he got to a Super Bowl. He took Colin Kaepernick and made him one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Um, and, and I like that experience. Um, the thing that gives me trepidation about the Raiders' new brass right now is that you have two guys that come from the Patriots and they're just ensconced in this Patriot way. And, like, for me... I'm just not really that impressed with the drafting record of the Patriots over the last several years, right? I mean, if we think about, and Mark Davis was talking about stuff yesterday and citing examples of just things with personnel that like weren't even happening when Ziegler was there, which I was kind of like, okay, I mean, like, I understand what he's saying, but like, let's, let's settle down here a little bit. But think about it this way. If Tom Brady had been really confident in what the Patriots were doing and you know, in how the Patriots could bring up personnel and their drafting record and all these different things. Would Tom Brady have ever left New England and gone and signed with Tampa Bay? I really don't think so. Right? I mean, when we saw Tom Brady in 2019 and what he was doing with the New England Patriots, a lot of that was because the supporting cast was really not that good. So that's what gives me a little bit of pause, just bringing somebody in from the front office and thinking like, wow, yeah, the Patriot way is the only way and it's the best way and it's this and it's that. Like, I'm, I'm not really too sure about that. That being said, you know, I, I thought that, you know, both Ziegler and, and McDaniels presented themselves quite well um, in yesterday's press conference and, and watching that thing, you know, it. it it's weird when you're like watching something and you're like, all right, they won the press conference. And what does that really mean in late January? Not very much. But I, I did like what they were saying about 
how connected they are in terms of their partnership and what it should mean for them running a franchise together. I, I think that, honestly, that's a good benefit. And Adam, your, your question to both of them in that regard was really good yesterday. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, would I mean, you mentioned what, you know, about the Brady scenario. I mean, would he have gone to the Dolphins if Brian Flores just would have stayed on the yacht? That's a very good question, you know, and I, it's hard to say, right? Because it's not like the Dolphins were that much better positioned um, to maybe go and win a championship. Maybe they were. I mean, just thinking about how they did go 10 and 6 that next year and they were doing that, you know, keeping the quarterback position tied together with shoestrings, gum tape, gum and, and duct tape or whatever you want to call it. Um but no, I think the Buccaneers are just a really unique situation just based on the way they constructed that offensive line. They were then able to get Gronkowski. They already had Mike Evans and Godwin. Then they went out and they got Antonio Brown. I think that that was just a really unique situation that he was able to go to and then win a Super Bowl. Um, who's winning the Super Bowl? I, I guess we do need uh, – there is a game. I figured I, we had, who that, cares? Next, next week oh, yeah. for two days we'll, we'll cover yeah, I mean, yeah. Right now I mean, it's come not, on. You it's know, Exactly. Yeah, that's not that's not until next week. They weren't even like really practicing today. The only thing I saw come out of the Bengals today was like stuff from Brian Callahan, who's their offensive coordinator. Uh, I I I, I want to say that I think the Rams are going to win in part based on the fact that the uh, right guard position for the Bengals right now is a turnstile, and Aaron Donald's going to come in there and dominate. And I don't think he's going to miss as many sacks as Chris Jones did on Sunday. But there's something about Joe Burrow, man, and I just. I, I have a hard time picking against him, so I'm not ready to make a, a pick yet, but if I had to pick today, I think I would pick the Bengals. All right, Miles, before we wrap it, do you want to do another sales job on your favorite show, Euphoria, to Adam Hill? Adam, I don't understand why you're not watching this. No, this I'm show seems in. like it'd be something that... It seems like something that would be in your wheelhouse. Like I don't, I don't really get why you're out. What, what's going on? It's almost the off-season. It's, it's time to start okay. watching shows. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. As long I trust as you that, get in I trust eventually, that he will because do it. like, yes, because this is seriously. I mean, we we it's were going crazy. back and forth, Steve, about thirteen reasons why, and like, if you like thirteen reasons why, like, this is thirteen reasons why on steroids, man. And this is like, it's just it's a brilliantly written show. I mean, this week's episode was also brilliant. It felt just like really unique storytelling in the way that they went from scene to scene to scene and, you know, told the story within the characters, shot beautifully. I really think you'd like the show, Adam. I want you I, to get on it. I knew nothing about the show. This sounds ridiculous. I knew nothing about what it actually was about. I saw like a clip on Twitter that somebody posted of girls just viciously attacking each other in, in, in a verbal way in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, oh, yeah. I, this is great. <laughs> exactly. See, like I said, it's up your alley. I know. Come on. As, as a fan of the move, of the movie Mean Girls, I'm definitely in. <laughs> Miles, exactly. what, do you, exactly. what do you got coming up this week on uh, PFT? Uh, I will be on uh, the PFT PM show on Peacock tomorrow, went Thursday and Friday at uh, 2 o'clock Pacific time. You can catch that on the Peacock app which is, of course, the extreme, exclusive streaming home of The Office. And and you can get a lot of Winter Olympics coverage on there if that's something you're into. You can get all that on the Peacock Network. Thanks, Miles. Take care, guys. S season four Superfan episodes are up on Peacock. It's great. I think he's gone. He's gone. At Miles A. Simmons who's, uh, on Twitter. Who's a bigger fan of the Peacock app, me or Miles? Oh, Miles should be. But it's me. <laughs> 
That's a good I point. You're not getting trip. a dime from them. I paid them a and, lot. And you pitched the hell out of them. Yeah, you're, pay, you're paying to promote them. I paid a lifetime subscription. Well, what's this plan? It's great. I will, I'll just, uh, not to spoil it for people who are watching Euphoria and not caught up and, and you won't even know what this means. There is a speech from a dad last night that I feel like about 25% of the dads in the country or more would be in on. It was epic. You have to watch this show. I'm in. It's so, it's so good. I just pitched it. I pitched it last year. And you didn't jump yeah, on. You didn't do a good job. Oh, I believe I me. I did a good clips. job. I, I, did a, I did a very good job. I raved about, raved about that show. I went crazy. All right. We got to get to uh, as if we're being forced right now. We have a lot more to say about the Raiders hire with Josh McDaniels. And obviously, now, this news that is developing, we've got at least one person reporting that Jim Harbaugh is going to go back to the NFL and coach the Vikings. And, again, I will ask the question, what exactly happened? We heard the Raiders might be hot and heavy. Maybe they never were. Is it Harbaugh's personality? What happened with Harbaugh and the Raiders? Because sounds like he's going to the Vikings. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Did you do the air fried peanut butter and jelly? I did not. Boy, this show is having massive trouble following up on anything. No one's watching TV. No one's making air fried peanut butter and jelly. What is going on here? Get your nose to the grindstone and concentrate Wait, on the things that are important. Waiting for a bread delivery from Amazon. Are you serious? Did you go and try to buy, buy some special white bread? I did. I did. You did? Some keto bread. Yeah, it's good. Oh, God, with the keto bread. <laughs> Who was pitching it last week? It was Willie last week was pitching freaking, I don't know, some kind of grain bread. or What's that, what's that other one? The Ezekiel crap? Yeah, Ezekiel. Get out of here. You, you seem annoyed by it. Just, just do bread. That's fair. Because the recipe calls for real bread for the air fried peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> My God. I mean, I saw some, you know, I think what Willie posted one looked pretty good. Oh, he did? I got to check that so. out. Some, somebody did. I think some of our listeners did, too, that I saw up on Twitter. It looked good. Yeah, we, get, we have to get to it. Like, real quick. Uh, tomorrow morning, is Jim Harbaugh going to be eating uh, cereal with Gatorade? To celebrate? Yes. If this report is true that he's going to the Vikings. I assume he's going to go walk around the Mall of America. That's what you do. Oh, God. I thought you ripped the hell out of that. It's terrible. Uh, yes, but that's what you do there. It's terrible. There's seven lids. Too many lids. I like oh, there the are seven lids? There's, I'm like, uh, okay. That's what, that was one of my biggest problems with the mall. Just like, it's a lot of repeat stores because right. it's so big. There's nothing left. Like, it, well, that's two miles away, so we might as well build another lids here. It's crazy. Well, you must be blown away on several fronts. Michigan just got screwed with their coach leaving before the second signing day. So we're going to find out eventually what happened here with the, the rumors about the Raiders and Harbaugh. Eventually, right? Yeah. I mean, does it make sense that they talked to him and they were just like they're just put off by what he was looking for? I mean, our buddy Joe Rigo just said that maybe Mark Davis wasn't ready to do another ten-year, hundred million-dollar deal. Is that what he's getting from the Vikings? Money is now an object for Mark Davis. No, I, I is there a holdup because now they're, they're still waiting on what's going to happen with the final numbers with Gruden? Are they still waiting on the final numbers with Gruden? 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of. It. I mean, I think lawsuit wise, there could be some some issues there. That's I potentially mean, part of it. I don't, but I don't think that was. Wouldn't that disappoint Raiders fans if they were like, "Well, they had to go with more of a budget." Choice. Yeah, but I don't think that's what it was. I mean, I think just talking to Mark a little bit yesterday um, and getting his read on things, he seemed to have been pretty sold on a tandem. Okay. And well, then why do they even bother talking to Spytech, who seemed he's the Tampa? Dude, they talked to who was a Michigan guy. Why'd they even talk to him if Harbaugh was dead? Well, I mean, maybe he wasn't. Maybe they were trying to figure out if that would have worked better, or if that would have maybe okay. the worked out. Because you know, I, there honestly, are a lot of people out. There are a lot of fans out there like they never talked to Harbaugh. I'm like, I think they talked to him in some. They must have I think there was some through intermediaries, and I think yeah. that might have been. It, his name was the earliest name. My guess is because he was available earlier than anyone else. That maybe not directly, but through connections, they at least gauged interest. Yeah, and I think, again, I think a lot of that was coming from Harbaugh's side. I think he clearly wanted to go to the NFL. Obviously, he wanted to go to the NFL. Wow. And maybe he was putting it out there, hey, this is the one. But it, it seems like it seems like early on they definitely fell in love with Ziggler as a candidate. And they asked each coach candidate who they thought would be a good GM. They asked each GM candidate who they thought would be a good coach. And, you know, the story is out there. I know publicly uh, the, the story that came out and the one that they told at the press conference was – um, actually, it was after the press conference when we were in a little scrum interview, and uh, Mark Davis said he asked Ziggler, "Who would be who? What kind of coach would you like to bring in? Do you have a name that you'd like to bring in?" And he said, "I think Josh McDaniels." And Davis, well, he's not available. And Ziggler said, "Well, if if you hire me, he is." And then I think they kind of they really liked that from the beginning. They liked that pairing. They liked that cohesiveness that they could build. They thought that was an issue. First of all, uh, when Mark Davis first took over the franchise. Um, in, in allowing kind of how that played out uh, with McKinsey and didn't like how that went. Uh, then obviously with Gruden and Mayock, like Gruden picked Mayock, but they had never worked together before, and he didn't really like how that worked out. He wanted that more of that synergy, and he kind of, I think, became enamored with that. And that's you know, not not to not that's not a, a knock on him. I think that makes a lot of sense to say, okay, this could really work with this synergy, and maybe there's not a direct candidate with Harbaugh. Maybe he didn't understand how the power. Maybe Harbaugh. We'll find out Minnesota wants full control, and maybe the Raiders didn't want that. So um, there, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces to this, I, I, I think. And the story of the Raiders coaching search, like yesterday we were kind of focused on who's hired, what the plan is, all that. The rest of this is going to come out. We're still going to have conversations with Mark. We'll have conversations behind the scenes with other people, agents, and things like that. And then those things will start to come out. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Man, I am trying to line up so many bets right now because it's been going well lately. And I don't mean traditional bets. I mean bets based on sports news and sports talk opinions. I've been nailing it lately. Hell, even weather. Even weather. Sam Paniotovich is with us, our gambling expert on Tuesdays, Nesson and Fox Sports. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Better question, what were you doing last night at 1.41 a.m. Eastern when my phone was ringing? Oh, uh, did I butt you? No. Tony Miller, you, and the Crippler, I know we're talking about the snow bet. Don't lie. I know you guys we were actually, all at Oasis. We talked about it uh, earlier, so I'm not sure why he – it was a little earlier than that. But, yeah, they uh, – well, first of all, those guys, uh, they're massive fans, especially uh, John the Bartender, of your appearance on Tuesdays. So he was raving about that, and then I told him, yeah, I just made a snowfall bet. 
you know, that well, I won. Well, remember, so. one, 141 Eastern means it's 1041 Pacific, so you could have still been there. So I text I Tony. I said, I said, Tony, what the hell are you doing? It's it's 2 in the morning. And he goes, oh, we were just talking about your snow bet, which <laughs> which is still funny that you and I wagered on over under 19 and a half inches. And then didn't you send me a picture from, like, Antarctica with 40 inches of snow no, to no. try and get me going? I sent you multiple pictures because I could see it trending in the right direction. So anyone who missed last – well, actually, we really didn't play this out on the air because it happened, I think, on Friday. You had tweeted out that you did not believe the weather people who were going crazy about there being 20 inches of snow in Boston – and I just happened to watch the Weather Channel in the morning, and they were going crazy. And I was thinking, I'm like, they're just going to fudge the numbers. I think they're just going to push it over. So you and I made a bet of over under 19 and a half inches of snow. And it turned out in Boston at Logan Airport to be 23.6. But I was just sending you snow pictures from anywhere. The picture I sent you of garbage cans and, like, a barbecue was actually my parents' house, whatever it is, 400 miles to the south along the Jersey Shore. So they got 15 inches. You essentially sent me a picture of Luke Skywalker standing on the snow planet in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And you were like, I told you so. Yep. And you were right. You win the bet. Although, Hill, how about this, Hill? At my place in Boston, there wasn't even 12 inches. But oh, the wow. airport said 23. Yep. Technicality yep. aside, I will be bringing the bottle of tequila. He wants Don Julio 70. I will be bringing it to Las Vegas Super Bowl weekend. Now, Cofield, now you got to come out and get it, though. I'm coming all that way. You got to come to me. Well, oh, okay, so you're coming out now. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, for the most part, yeah. Sam, I um, think, I think uh, you should you, say you'll give Steve the bottle as soon as you get the bottle that you won from the other guy. That will never happen, although I did have a nice <laughs> listener send me a bottle today out of nowhere. He goes, I just appreciate your content and all you do. He sent me a bottle of 1942. So you always right. appreciate. That's and a now nice I'm gift. Strolling, I'm strolling around work with a bottle of tequila. My boss is like, uh, what are you doing? I said, don't worry, boss. Everything's cool. I'm not going to drink it at work. I just got it today. <laughs> and and I, I really made the deal. One, I, I thought it was a fun bet. But the other one is I wanted to point out that we, when we make bets, we actually pay off bets because – didn't you point? Wasn't there another one you saw online where someone was like you, they didn't they didn't handshake or they didn't confirm it the <laughs> right way? Like if you make a bet, just pay off the bet. Dan Betts is a very good radio guy out here in Boston. He works on the Sports Hub ninety eight five, and he said on Twitter about a week ago, he said Brady's done. He's going to retire. He's never going to play again. Somebody tweets at him, says, "I'll let you bet five hundred or a dime." Dan says, okay, let's do an escrow. I was actually the escrow for this illegal bet. So I'm fully aware of what happened. Two days later, the guy's like, okay, yeah, let me know where to send it. And then Dan says, you could send it here to me. And a day later, Brady retired the first time. And this guy's like, well, we didn't shake on it, which is amazing for several reasons. Number one, you can't shake on Twitter. <laughs> how are you going to handshake a bet on Twitter? And you know, if Brady didn't retire, this guy would have pounded Dan on social media until the cows came home. That's the lesson. If you're somebody that that is looking to get action down on Twitter, just don't do it because these people, they run away when they lose. And in my case, the guy said the Atlanta Braves weren't going to be a playoff team. Not only did they win the division – they, they won the World Series. <laughs> so that's, that's why I'm so upset because he, he called me out. He's like, oh, what a dumbass prediction. And not only did they make the playoffs, which the bet was, they won the World Series, and then he blocked me. But I digress. Uh, be careful who you bet with on Twitter, I guess. 
Yeah, and having that having that intermediary to hold the hold the money for these things is is such a big thing. Like you, it has to happen with all these bets that are made between people. You have to do that. I, I'll I'll just from a personal perspective right now, and I think a lot of people out there that are listening are dealing with these things. Fantasy football has become a nightmare with this. Just like you know, bets back and forth between people because you. I'm trying to keep my money separate with fantasy football because I play so much of it and I have so much money invested in it. But then you get to the end of the year and like there's a couple leagues you owe money to and they're like, hey, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? And I'm like, all these leagues that owe me money, I'm waiting. I'm like, well, why am I paying off and I'm never getting the money back? And I think a lot of people have to deal with that. I think that's the same thing that a lot of people that are betting on, on like a lot of these things are dealing with. The lesson to be learned, and this is why you have to put the money down on the counter in Vegas, you have to be flush. You have to be <laughs> liquid before you make a legal bet. And everybody doing illegal bets or side bets or fantasy bets, this is why you have to collect ahead of time. I know fantasy football leagues that have been compiled of lifelong friends that went sideways over $200. You know, a 10-team league at 200 bucks, and they go, hey, Jimmy, Where's the two hundred? Oh, tough, tough week at work, man. I, I need another week. You don't have two hundred dollars. What are we doing? Yeah, you could do a, a college basketball team draft and have the whole league blow up because of financial reasons. <laughs> Penny Otovich is with us. Nesson, also Fox Sports. All right. So, what are bookmakers saying about the Brady retirement? Been a very hot story, as you can imagine, out here in Boston. You know, a very polarizing figure Tom Brady was for uh, the sports books. Robert Walker told a great story. He goes, look, everybody talked about how they always rooted against Brady. His favorite story was when they took a $4.6 million Rams money line bet in the 2001 Super Bowl. That was when Walker's running the Mirage. He said, we needed the, pay- we needed the Patriots to win the game. And they're a 14-point dog in Brady's first Super Bowl. So Robert Walker has great memories of Tom Brady. Then you ask Aaron Kessler from the Golden Nugget, who said, quote, we needed whoever he was playing most of the time. Um, good quotes. Jay Cornegay, Matt Metcalf is in there. Chris Andrews got some stuff from Matt Humans. Some good, some bad. Um, and, and here's the crazy part about Brady, you know, for, for the ATS numbers, the against the spread stuff, all of his games, 211 covers, 146 non-covers, seven pushes. So that's 59%. 211, 146, and seven. 60% in the regular season, but 53% in the playoffs and 50% against the spread in the Super Bowl. Five wins and five losses. The Brady tax was a real deal in the postseason. Rather than make a game New England three, they'd make it five and a half. Rather than make it six, They'd make it seven and a half. You always had to pay that Brady tax, especially in the postseason. There was a game last year. Didn't Tampa have to face Washington? I think Washington was the home team. Or no, I can't remember if the Bucs won the division or not. Either way, whatever the Bucs were, they were two and a half points higher than they had to be hmm. because they had Brady, and everybody always bet Brady, especially in the playoffs. Sam Paniatovich on Cofield and Company. All right, I know you're going to play some of these or at least monitor some of these uh, landing spot markets. So what's going on with the Jimmy Garoppolo next team market? You're banging the drum already. I saw this on Twitter yesterday. You're banging the drum for Garoppolo to the Raiders at 20-1? to 1? I'm not banging the drum. I'm just bringing up history that when Josh McDaniels went into Denver, uh, it didn't work out for Jay Cutler pretty quickly, and he moved on and brought in Kyle Orton and eventually Tim Tebow. So anything is possible. You never know what happens with a new coaching staff and a quarterback. 
PointsBet has really cool markets up on three quarterbacks. They have Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Which team will these quarterbacks take their next snaps for? Now, you have to make their current team the favorite, but I was told by a San Francisco beat reporter there's a 0.0 chance that Garoppolo goes back because they just traded up to take Trey Lance. So he's going to be out of there. Uh, the Wilson one's interesting. Seattle's minus 500 to keep wow. Wilson, which I, I disagree with. I would not be laying five to win one. Broncos, six to one. Giants, 11 to one. Steelers, 13. Dolphins, 15. And then Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are favored to keep Rodgers, of course. Minus 225. That's a lot lower than the Wilson number. Broncos plus 180. Steelers, five to one. Dolphins, 14 to one. And if Aaron Rodgers is a Las Vegas Raider, week number one, 14 to one. I don't like the payout, but the story is interesting for sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> what do you want? You don't want 14? What do you want, 20? Yeah. I want a little higher payoff. Oh, okay. All right, Dr. Seuss. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what, you know, and, and a lot of you win. Depend- you win one snow bet and you're an expert now, huh? I know, right? Uh, how about uh, then give us the no? Oh, uh, yeah. That's how you make they fair numbers. That, that is true. Now, again, this is not a – you won't see this market anywhere in Las Vegas. This is actually only in Colorado because the Colorado Gaming Board is a little looser than most states. Mm-hmm. They, allow, they allow you to wager on players, specific players in off-season markets. Can't make this bet in Vegas, but I agree with you, Adam. If you're going to put up a bet on Will Rogers play for Green Bay at minus 225, you should have the no up there at plus 195 or plus 190. Made my uh, UNLV trips to Air Force and Colorado State a little too early, so I won't be able to get back. Although we know people, so again, hey, illegal, by the so way, we're talking about a lot, you, of, a lot of illegal betting here. Did you guys see the clown over at uh, I think it was MGM when the Chiefs went up twenty-one to three? He walked in there with two hundred thousand dollars and bet the Chiefs to win the game. It was two hundred thousand to win ten thousand. Not good. Can I, can I do a public service announcement while we're talking about this right now? Because I talked to a couple uh, book directors this week who said literally every single year, every single year, this week, you saw the new uh, Super Bowl odds go up for next season. Every single year, somebody will come in and bet one of the two teams that's in the Super Bowl next week and then claim they didn't know it was for next year. <laughs> said it happens every single year. It's printed on the ticket. It has the Super Bowl number. Here's the problem, Adam. Most people don't know how to read Roman numerals. That's and they true. don't do the they don't double and triple check their facts. So it says, well, I don't know what XLVI means. So yeah, I, I, it's probably for this year's game. Sammy, we appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? I'm bringing your tequila to Vegas, baby. Yay. I'll see you in 2 weeks. Thank you. There he is. Sam Penny out of it. You can buy it here. You don't have to bring it along. Yeah, what? Cross country yes. flight. Get it here. Honestly, in that case, I really don't even care if he pays off because I know he's good for it. It was just kind of, we're, we were trying to make a statement. Sure. You know, one of us was going to lose a snowfall bet, so this is what you do. You can actually pay off your well, bets. Well, you, you have him give you the bottle of tequila, get a picture of him giving it to you, and then tag that other guy in the, in the tweet. That's a good point. I forgot about that. That's <laughs> actually the payoff yeah. is to get after the guy who's like the junior producer for, uh, is it Good Morning America? I think it's Good Morning America who, who mocked him, made a bet, Lost the bet and then blocked Sam. Yeah. Like, dude, you lost the bet. What are you getting all mad about? Yeah. You, you talk trash. You made a bet. Uh, it's like, 
I don't get it. Five o'clock hours on the way. This is a crazy day in the NFL. We'll get you more details on uh, some reports on Jim Harbaugh going back to the National Football League. Nothing done yet. Also, Brian Flores ain't going anywhere near the National Football League probably for a while because the former Miami Dolphins coach is suing the league and three other teams for racial discrimination. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.